Cross your fingers. All right. Father God, I come before you. Um, we thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace, Lord God, as we were singing in those songs. I pray that what I say would come from your mouth um, and that your word would go forth. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so craziest thing happened today. After work, after helping set up, I'm driving to go pick up my friend Cameron, and I'm driving, and next thing you know, boof, my axle breaks on my car. <laughs> Out of all things, and I just got my car about maybe a month and a half ago, so I was super bummed, and I, the first thing was to freak out, because I had to call AAA, there's money involved, I had to call my mom, hopefully she answers, it took her three tries to call, I have to do all this stuff, and I was just bummed, because I'm like, man, like, I really want to share this message that I have for, for you guys. And luckily, everything worked out. My car is out in the front. You guys can go see it after. It's all jacked up and beat up. I'm going to take care of it tomorrow. So the Lord willed it. I just got to go through with it. Okay, so last week, we talked about being a rebel and what was the rebel, the good kind and the bad kind, because you're going through the, the whole Hunger Games thing. And um, the passage that I'm going to be in is Judges chapter 3. If I can have someone pass out Bibles, raise your hand if you need a Bible. If you need a Bible. Yeah. Okay, so um, while they're passing out Bibles, For you guys who know me or don't know me, my name is Steven. Hola, como estas? Um, I speak French. Okay. It's pretty impressive. But I came from the Bible College. I was there for two years. Um, before that, I went to the School of Worship for a year. And I'm originally from San Bernardino um, in the hood. I have three younger brothers. They're pretty awesome. Live, I used to live with my parents. They're gonna be here tomorrow, which is pretty cool. Excited to see them. Haven't seen them for a while. Um, I grew up in a one-bedroom apartment with six people in Riverside. I grew up very, very poor. Um, the beginning of my life. It's just a little bit of my backstory. You guys, you guys know where I'm gonna be coming from tonight. Um, I grew up very poor with just me and my mom. I used to live in a car. I used to live in people's houses. Um, my mom was a drug addict. My mom had to give me up my first day of kindergarten so she can go to rehab because at the time she had three kids, she only could take two. So imagine for a mom with three kids by herself having to give one up, the one that was there since the beginning, um, having to give me up so that she can pursue God because she gave her life to Christ at the time. and. Um, she just wanted to, she knew that what she was doing was wrong and was sin, and she knew that this was the step to take was rehab. And so growing up, I had a pretty rough childhood, um, but I'm here now, which is awesome, and I get to be here with you guys. So it's a little bit by myself. So if you guys turn to Judges chapter 3, verse 15, you guys know what Ehud is? It's pretty hood, exactly. You guys don't even know we sell hood. Um, Ehud 
is a judge. So you guys probably know, what you guys think of a judge. First one you think of is Samson. Samson was a judge. Um, Deborah, one of the girls, she was a, a woman that was a judge. So um, backstory on this, Israel is going through a time where they get this person to come. So let me back up a little bit. So Joshua, you guys know who Joshua is? If you guys hear on Wednesday nights, we are going through um, the book of First Kings with um, Jason Duff. And so Joshua just died in chapter 2, which is really sad because Israel has no one to lead them. They're so used to Moses that was just there, and now Moses died. And then Joshua came. He had to fill the shoes of Moses, and now he's dead. And so they're in this, in this place where they don't know what to do. And, and so the Canaanites are these, are these wicked people that are there, and they get adopted. Um, so the Israelites go to them and start marriage, getting all into marriage stuff with them and starting to worship their gods, um, Baal, which was the god that they, they believed that he was the god of crops and the god that, is it my notes here? Yeah, that brought them crops and, sorry. I'm going to find my accent, shoot. Yeah, I get, I'm from the hood, remember that? Dang, I grew up with black people and Mexicans. What's up, dog? <laughs> um, yeah, you better be. That's why I brought my homie in the back. You don't, you know who? You know, you know Cameron back there? That's Cam Cam. <laughs> um, so yeah, this they believe that this this God, Baal, um, gave them all these crops. Everything came from him. And they, it was very, very bad. Like, I, it was definitely demon-possessed whoever thought of this image because they would sacrifice their first sons, their babies to them, their firstborns to this God, kill the babies, and like, oh, this is for you. You, you give us all this stuff, which is very bad. And so, um, so that's where we're at. They had a first judge. He came, and they fell back into their sin. And what I'm going to be talking about tonight is volunteering tribute, which relates to the Hunger Games theme that we're all talking about, and what does that mean, and how does that look like. And the Lord gave me this passage, and I, last time I heard this passage, I was in high school, and I thought it was the coolest thing you guys would see, especially you guys. So, starting in verse 15, but when the sons of Israel cried to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for them, Ehud the son of Gura, the Benjamite, a left-handed man. And the sons of Israel sent tribute, keyword, by him to Eglon, the king of Moab. Ehud made himself a sword which was two edges, a cubit in length. A cubit in length is about 18 inches long. And um, a cubit in length, and he bounded it on his right thigh under his cloak. He presented the tribute to Eglon, the king of Moab, now, Egon was a very fat man. It came about when he had finished presenting the tribute that he had sent away the people who have carried the tribute. But he himself turned back from the idols which were at Gilgal. And I have a secret message for you, O king. And he said, keep silence. And all who attended him had left. 
Ehud came to him while he was sitting alone in his cool roof chamber. And Ehud said, I have a message from God for you. And he arose from his seat. Ehud stretched out his left hand, took the sword from his right thigh, and thrust it into his belly. The handle also went in after the blade, and the fat closed over the blade. For he did not draw the sword out of his belly, and the refuge came out, which that means like all his intestines, and, and he's very fat, so it gets very nasty. Okay, let's talk about that for a second. So what came out was his intestines, and this was a fat dude, like a big, heavyset dude. An 18-inch sword went through him all the way and closed over the sword. Like, that's a huge man. And what came out was literally crap. So imagine how that stunk. It was, uh, anyways. Man. Um, and the handle went, also went in after the blade, and the fat closed over the blade, for he did not draw the sword out of his belly, and the refuse came out. And then Ehud went out into the vestibule and shut the doors of the roof chamber behind him and locked them. When he had gone out, his servants came and looked, and behold, the doors of the roof chamber were locked. And they said, he is only relieving himself in the cool chamber. That pretty much says he was going to the bathroom. They waited until they became anxious, but behold, they did not open the doors of the roof chamber. Therefore, they took the key and opened them, and behold, their master has fallen on the floor dead. Now Ehud escaped while they were delaying, and he passed the idols and escaped. It came about when he had arrived that he blew the trumpet in the hill of Ephraim. And, be, and the sons of Israel went down with him from the hill country, and it was in front of them. And he said to them, Pursue them, for the Lord has given your enemies to the Moabites into your hands. So he went down after him and seized the fords of the Jordan, upside Moab. And he did not allow anyone to cross. They struck down at the time about 10,000 Moabites and all robust and vigilant men. And no one escaped. So Moab was subdued that day under the hand of Israel, and the land was, was free for 80 years. The sad thing is that Israel turns back again, and they need another deliverer. But the good thing is we can learn from this. Um, that brings up my first point is beating the system with honor. Um, so Ehud is a pretty gangster guy. He was called by God to come and deliver his people from, from the Canaanites and um, The reason why he was doing this because he was, he wanted God wanted him to bring honor back to himself because these people were just so involved in in all this ungodliness and they finally got fed up. Like I see that in my own life. Like I get caught up in doing something and after I'm done, I'm like I can't do this anymore. Like God, please rescue me from this. I know some of you guys can relate. Um, going to, for example, going to um, a winter camp or summer camp. You guys go with these tensions like, oh, it's going to be fun. And afterwards, you're just like, man, like, I really needed this. Like, I, whatever I was going through, I know the Lord's there for me. Please, Lord, deliver me. And he does. I know you guys felt that relief. Um, 
in doing that, and I, I'm excited for this next winter camp. It's gonna be dope. Um, but yeah. And what I really like about Ehud, like he, he was obedient to what the Lord called him to do, even though he was left-handed. And I'll get to that in a second. But um, how I can relate this to beating the system with honor is the obedience that's behind it. Because you guys, we see it's so easy to be dishonoring, like to your parents, to authority, to police, to the government, like everything, oh, Obama's fault, Obama's fault, you know? Like, no, it's sin. That's the, that's the main cause of it, it's sin. It's the disobedience, like, that's what we call it, but it's sin. And Ehud was, was just so caught up in wanting to honor God. I, I'm pretty sure from when he, when he was a little kid, um, that was his goal. The Lord was going to raise. He knew that the Lord was going to raise him up and to do something great and almighty for His name, and it was caused to deliver His people, which is pretty awesome. Like, I can relate that. I can relate that to myself. Um, you guys know. Some of you guys know that I was going to be in the Marines, and after high school, and quit all my music stuff that I was doing. The Lord had greater plans for my life, and Ever since I was in high school, I was like, man, like one day I just want to do something awesome for the Lord. And I was just like, maybe like the Marines is for me, but it wasn't for me. And because I know a lot of you guys now get so caught up in what is the will of God for my life? What is his will? Like my, I thought it was like, oh, the Lord's going to call me to be a pastor one day in like high school. Or Lord, no, no, no. Changed my mind after that. I'm like, no, that's not what he's called me to do. Like, oh, maybe be like a missionary. And I was like, oh, that'd be dope. No, 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 no. Oh, missions pastor, that's it. A missions pastor. Which is still my heart, is to be a missions pastor, to go and share the gospel to the world, to parts that don't get to hear it. But the thing is about the will of God is the willingness you have to him. Like right now, the will of God for me is to be here in Vista, to be an intern to be serving you guys. That's the will of God for me right now. And me being obedient to the willingness he has, he'll lead me to do even greater things. And that's how we can see it in Ehud's life. He was left-handed. He was the, That left-handed word literally means that he was disabled. Like his, arm, his right arm was just like all nasty looking. Can you guys do this? Yeah, just like that. <laughs> so yeah, so imagine like going out through your whole life thinking, man, how am I going to do, do anything great with the Lord with a wounded hand? Like, I know the Lord's called this guy to be in the army. This guy was an assassin. He killed the king. He walked in and killed the king, and, which is crazy. Um, that leads me to my next point, is willing to fight the battle. And we know that when a battle comes, what is involved in a battle? Courage, bravery, and yet fear. Um, thinking about Ehud, um, how his hand was disabled, because the thing is, when he went to the king, and 
there's, of course, there's, he has his guards blocking him. So when they went up, when he went up to walk to the king, how they pat you down, hey, you on your phone, come here. This is how they pat you down. No, turn around. They don't pat you down like that, I said. Turn around. Just stand in front of me. They just go like this. They just go. That's it. Well, yeah, you can sit down. You can sit down. So they, they pat your, your left thigh, because that's where you would hide your sword. Because most people back then were right-handed and still are. So that's where they would draw the sword from, with their right hand. But he was left-handed, and they seen this guy. Oh, look, he has a little stubby hand. Like... He just probably like pat him real quick, but he had this huge 18-inch sword in his other, under his cloak, which is crazy. And he drew it out when he was in there. He's like, I have, I'm gonna deliver my people right now, and just stuck this guy in the stomach. It was crazy. It was, yeah. You guys like this story, you guys? Yeah, it's cool, huh? Yeah, I thought I liked it. <laughs> um, let me see. Oh, yeah, this is cool, too, so. Sorry, I just. You guys ever study the Bible? A little side note. I got to have my side notes, but you guys ever study? You guys get to see, like, cool things that you don't ever notice. Like, he was from the tribe of Benjamin, and that was the smallest tribe. This, so this guy came from the smallest tribe to deliver the people out of all 12 which is pretty interesting if you guys like that stuff. Um, yeah, I like this. Cool. Um, the sword that he used was a double-edged sword. What do you guys think when you guys hear that? Double-edged sword? Who said, who said that? The Bible. You must have went to Bible college or something. I, re I read your Bible. <laughs> So, yes, it, it represents the word of God. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yes, yeah, so the sword, the double-edged sword represents um, the Bible. That's how we can see it and how it just cuts through the flesh. And you know the word of God doesn't just come out like, oh, it's there and it's gone. Like, no, it sticks. It's there. It's stuck. And that's, that's how we can see that which is pretty cool. Um, also, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God does not give you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So that can be a little verse for you guys. Um, yeah. Mm, okay. So you guys know in the Hunger Games how she volunteered as tribute for her sister. And like, why did she do that? You guys can talk. Like, why, why do you think she did that? She didn't want her sister to die. Okay, it's close. Anyone else? It's because she loved her. Yes, all for love. That's why she did it, because she loved her. And um, it's cool because I think that's why Ehud did it. It's because he loved his people. He didn't want to see them suffer. And he knew he loved God and that he was called to do this. And it's pretty cool. Um, 
I have a third point. It says, all for hope and change. And I think in the Hunger Games, they were, even though they were forced to do this, they were forced to go out and kill each other. And I think the reason why they stuck to it is because they wanted hope and change for the district or whatever. And because they were probably tired of these people pushing them around all the time and telling them what to do. Just like in here, um, they got tired of it. As you can see in verse one, it says that they cried out to the Lord. And beautiful thing is that the Lord did listen and he did send them a deliverer. Um, I wasn't going to share this, but I'll, I'll share it. I believe the Lord calls us all to be a tribute in some way, in different ways, in a few ways in the life. Because um, once you're a tribute, you're going to be always a tribute. And growing up, um, like I said, my mom, she did uh, a lot of drugs growing up because she had very, because my mom's adopted. Okay, so my mom's adopted. She was Mexican-Italian, and she grew up with a bunch of white people that made fun of her, that called her different because her hair was curly. Um, she was an outcast. And one day, my mom got so fed up that um, she grabbed a handful of pills, and she downed them. And she knew that how many pills she took, she was going to die. And I'm over on the other side of the room, and she sees me. My mom tells me this. She, she told me this about a year ago. Um, she's seen me, and she's seen hope in me. And she called 911 and told them what's going on. And now she's still here, and solid believer. And I believe the Lord called me to be a tribute at that moment of my life. Um, because now I'm here, I'm, ser I'm serving the Lord, and my mom probably couldn't see anything greater um, through it, which is, which is crazy, because I never thought I'd be here. You guys don't even understand all the stuff I had to go through in my life. Um, but the Lord does have greater things for us, and sometimes we don't see it, but it's right there in front of our face. Um, Yeah, so, yeah, it was all for hope and change for, for their people and because they loved them just like Katniss did. She loved her sister. She didn't want her sister to die. She knew that she wasn't strong enough. She wasn't willing um, to kill anyone. And Lucy Katniss didn't really want to kill anyone either. That's why she was hiding in a tree. Um, a lot of people give her a hard time about that. But she, I, she valued life. I, that's what I see in that. She valued life. And she didn't want to see anyone go down. Um, and then she fell from a tree <laughs> with getting attacked by who knows what. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm excited for next week to, is it next week? The Hunger Games thing, two weeks? Next week's camp. And then the following week after that is the Hunger Games? It's two weeks. Two weeks is camp? No, next week's camp. Okay, so anyways, I'm excited for it all. Push up. Um. Ooh.
whoa. Two weeks? Cool. Um, yeah, so um, what's cool is that Ehud was a left-handed man that got to be the right hand of God in this moment. And sometimes we feel that, oh, God, I have nothing to offer you. Like, I can't sing in front of people. Like, I get nervous. I can't play in front of people. I get nervous. I can't talk in front of people. I get nervous. I, I can't help this guy right now. I don't know what to say to him. Like, this, this poor man that, that probably needs my help or this person that's broken on the side of the road. Like, I, I can't do anything. Um, but that's when the willingness comes in to be used by God is when you're willing. And, yeah, so, um, yeah. There you go. Um, shoot, I lost my point. Let me get right on track here. Yes, that was, okay, so I'm giving like five more minutes of your time. We'll go into small groups. Um, we'll talk about it and then have some time of worship. So um, as we see, there's many more chapters of Judges, and that means what Israel fell back into their sin again. And... Um, I can see that in our own lives where we cry out to God. God sends us this amazing thing to happen in our lives. We receive it. We're like, God, you're so good. You're so good, God. You get caught up in that. God, you're so good. God, you're, you're so What's that? You go over here for a minute. And you get caught up in something else again. You know? And then you're like, oh, dude, I, I can't do that no more. God, you're so good. God, you're so you're so. Hey, what's up, girl? Let me talk at you for a second. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, that happens. You guys get distracted, and that's what happened with Israel. They got distracted. They, they took their eyes off what was shining in front of them. They thought, oh, this thing's shinier. I like this, you know? And you, we can't do that. We, we really can't do that because Jesus was ultimately the one who came who delivered us. He fulfilled prophecy. He came, he demolished sin. He came and made a, this pathway for us, but we know the path is narrow. And we need to continue to walk on that path and not be like, oh, okay, I'm walking this way, you know? So I think it's important for us to, to keep our eyes on Jesus, on the true deliverer, and follow him through willingness, um, through honor, and there is a fight that comes through it. And you guys can read that in, in the New Testament in Second Timothy. Yeah. Oh, Philippians, duh. Yes. So, yeah, I just want to end with that. Um, thank you guys for listening to me blabber. And I'm going to pray, and then we're probably going to go into small groups. And you guys know your small groups, and then we'll be done. And then we'll worship after. Okay.
Father God, I come before you. I thank you for um, using me as a blabbermouth, and I pray that whatever is said was said into your glory. Um, I pray for small groups and for worship tonight. In your name I pray, amen. <laughs>